So when, you know, I talk a lot about future of work, you guys know you've been listening to my podcasts, you've watched my videos on YouTube, perhaps you've followed me on LinkedIn or other social media. And one of the things that I'm noticing or that I think I need to reiterate uh, for everyone when we talk about future of work is remembering that the future is now. And to get to the future, what we need is a mass ability of all people to be change leaders. Change leaders means uh, the integration of being both a change manager and a change leader. So where change managers are process-oriented, they're all about the analytics, they're about timeline management. Um, A lot of times I see change management as a reactive process. In other words, a change happens and we push back against it, or a change happens and we have to manage it. Where I have said for years since the publication of my book, The Art of Change Leadership, that we need a change leadership approach, that integration of change manager, change leader. So where a change manager is about process and tactical and practical, a change leader is about inspiration and engagement and influencing people to come along with the change. So it's so fascinating because what the pandemic did is it caused a massive disruption that forced everyone to have to change. So one of the challenges is we hear the word change and a lot of us tune out because like, oh yeah, I've been through change. Look how we adapted to the pandemic. We all went virtual or remote or we're working hybrid. Yes, and what I have found as a coach and a consultant is there is still a great number of people who resist change and they're not even aware that they're doing that. So they'll say, oh, I'm I'm flexible. I just went through this digital transformation in the organization. It's like, yes, and along the way you lost three people and three other people are burned out. And yes, there was an expense to meeting that digital transformation timeline, an emotional expense and a human expense. And I hear and see this a lot. So I've always believed in my work that we can change the world through business. Now, you know, some of you might think that's an idealistic perspective. Some of you might think I'm, you know, rose-colored glasses. Some of you might think I'm overly optimistic. But I've been at this, you know, the change leadership, leadership development, leadership coaching, consulting for over 20 plus years. And what I will say to you is that Uh, I'm not overly optimistic or idealistic about this because if you look at where we are now, post-pandemic, organizations have the most concentrated groups of people or cultures, if you will. So if you're going to affect systemic social change, it's going to be through business. Patagonia recently, Yvonne Chouinard, he just said that all of his profits for the organization are going to climate change. Now, that's an example of an organization, a billionaire who's wanting to change the narrative around how business affects the planet, how business affects people. Now, you can imagine with Patagonia, and I would love to get an interview with Yvonne, and I'm going to work on making that happen. But I will tell you, you can imagine that in that organization, they have high engagement. When that announcement was made, I'm going to bet that people felt that they were part of something far bigger than themselves personally, and that this was also part of the, that they could see themselves as we're not just a regular business, we're a business affecting positive change. Now, when you think about this, if every billionaire, if every billionaire business made some sort of social commitment, um, somebody else who comes to mind is um, uh, Melinda Gates with her, her philanthropic efforts. 
or um, the wife of Jeff, ex-wife of Jeff Bezos, where she's giving away a good portion of her, her wealth to philanthropic entities. Those are some examples where those business leaders are recognizing that business can be an agent for change. Elon Musk, with the Iran crisis right now, um, having Starlink set sent to Iran so that they can have internet access because the Iranian government shut down internet with this big uprising that's going on around women's rights. So we can change the world through business. It's happening. And where a lot of businesses would avoid politics or they would avoid topics such as gender or cultural issues, companies like Disney had to respond to uh, racial undertones of things that were happening within their company. So we are able to. So this isn't idealistic and rose-colored. It is the reality of where we're at. So if we can change the world through business, then it only makes sense that it can only be done through individual human beings making the same commitment to change. So if you or I are in an organization and we're resisting change, it's a deeply psychological process. I'm reading a new book by Gabor Mate, which is called The Myth of Normal. And in a lot of my work, I've done a lot of study on organizational development, human behavior, behavioral science, uh, psychology. A lot of that has informed my approach to my business and how I work with clients. But when you look at really individuals make up the corporations and individuals have their own stories around trauma and wounds and how they view change. So I believe that every time we work with each other or we elevate somebody to gain a new perspective or we help someone to lead change rather rather than from that ego or that self-preservation perspective, but rather from a this is good for the company, or this is good for the planet, or this is good for um, all of us. That's the opportunity as we move forward. So one of the things I'd like to sort of present to you on this podcast is, you know, asking yourself questions like, you know, do I embrace change? And when I say embrace change, um, rather than look at it from a singular perspective of what's this change going to do for me, looking at it from a broader perspective of, is this change better for the company overall? Is it better for my team? Is it better for, you know, um, our industry? Because the master change leaders are looking to not just impact their themselves and their teams, but really at a higher level to impact imp the, pardon me, to impact the overall community, to impact the, uh, the industry. Uh, some of the biggest changes I've seen is people within an industry, again, I'll use Elon Musk as an example, within the auto industry making transformation to electric. Now, it doesn't mean Tesla has it all figured out. They're going through their own challenges now. But what I'm saying is having the courage and the willingness to disrupt an industry in order to benefit the greater good. So, uh, you know, in order to get to the future, we've got to be committed change leaders and we've got to be looking at change through a necessary thing that we all have to be getting better at in order to create that new future of work. And so here's my idealistic vision of the future is that we have more Yvonne Chouinards who are looking at looking at effecting change on the climate, on people, on, 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 on people's well-being, on their values, on making the planet a better place, on making humanity a better place. So I really, you know, this is my, my rant for this week and this podcast around, I'm going to stay idealistic. I'm going to say, stay optimistic. I am an eternal optimist and I'm going to stay focused on not just talking about how we do it, 
but helping myself and everybody I work with and the people I come in contact with, how do we together collectively make the changes both personally, emotionally, psychologically, professionally to affect the change that we want to see in the world. Hope that gave you food for thought in this week's podcast. I would love to hear from you. Join me on LinkedIn, tweet me, uh, join me on Facebook, wherever you can find me on Instagram. I look forward to the dialogue.